Phase two of OTAs wrapped up at Hallows. Paul, if you haven't noticed, AJ's actually back, I think, two to three weeks earlier than he was supposed to be. If you're joining us via live stream, what's going on, guys? Welcome into the Fireside Bears podcast brought to you by Empire Sports Media. You guys are probably like, hold on, why are these guys recording this on a Wednesday night? Well, we didn't repeat the same stuff and sound repetitive. So we figured, why not push the recording off to Wednesday night to let you guys listen to some new stuff on Thursday morning. But hey, let's introduce the voice of the show. You know me, I'm Usaid Polish. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Usaid Polish. Follow AJ and Sam on every single social media platform at AJDesai4 and at SJSteve9. And then, hey, look, follow the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram at Fireside Bears. Listen, we're brought to you by the one and only Audacia Sports. So if you're a Justin Fields fan, which you should be if you're a Bears fan. Like all Bears fans should be Justin Fields fans. Go to Audacia Sports, guys. Get these cool Justin Fields stickers. If you're watching this on live stream, I know Sam and AJ, yours are on the way. But look at the attention to detail on those. But, fellas, enough from me. How are we doing tonight? I am doing great. My shoulders are completely burned. So I have about three layers of aloe underneath this shirt. But other than that, I am doing well. AJ, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Happy to be back in the land of America, dude. Like it's it's just so different to see like how a, a different country handled the entire pandemic and stuff. Like, um, love to be in the land that I was born in and ready to talk some bears. We're always here to talk some bears. And guys, like I opened the podcast a moment ago, phase two of OCA's wrapped up. What's interesting is this is last week. This is two totally different weeks. Let's get that out of the way. And AJ, I'll go to you on this one first. But last week, what happened is Andy Dalton was the one earning all the praise from Matt Nagy and not to take away from Justin Fields. But ultimately, what happened is the consensus last week was that, oh, my God, Andy Dalton's had a strong OTAs. And I was all like, this is good. But this week, it was the exact opposite. It was Justin Fields having a stronger day. Yeah, man. I mean, aside from the two snaps that he dropped, I mean, obviously a lot of rookies are going to have those mistakes. Um, he was clearly the um, person that the player that um, outperformed Andy Dalton today. I mean, like I heard that he threw three interceptions today, Andy Dalton, and there were a couple of moments where, you know, Justin Fields um, has this really, really nice deep ball. Um, obviously, we'll get into what Darnell Mooney said later in the podcast, but he hit Demir Bird, I think, on a really, on a really good ball. So I mean, like you know, you know, right now, like you said, you said it's just like we were talking about how good Andy Dalton was um, last week or uh, on last week's podcast. I tuned in a little bit, um, but this week it's the opposite that we have the person that we drafted. Um, nearly a month ago that actually is putting on a show at OTAs has making all these Bears fans excited. So hell, I'm excited too. I mean, like, you know, this is the first time that, you know, I'm seeing some like hella, hella, hella positivity when it comes to this team. Um, you know, uh, my buddy Austin tweeted out, he said something about like, you know, every day I wake up as a Chicago Bears fan and it's just like, I just can't believe it that, the Chicago Bears drafted Justin Fields. So um, I think I'm going off on the deep end about something else. But, you know, my my reactions about today's practice, is just that Justin Fields just won it, basically. Yeah, and I think it's tough when you consider the, the fact that the Bears have limited media access and you don't know, like, 
how have the other practices gone? Like, was this just a bad day for Andy Dalton? Because, you know, it could be quick to write the narrative. Well, Fields looks better right now. And listen, it's it's OTAs. Like, it happens. There's no pads. It's it's seven on seven football. So it's not something to totally get an overreaction to. But Fields' deep ball does look really nice in the clips I saw, and that's encouraging. So again, this it's a tough it's tough to get like too excited about it because again, was this just a bad day for Andy Dalton and a great day for Justin Fields, or has this been a consistent thing where it's like, nah, Fields has been the guy, and with the lack of media access for for you know Bears beat reporters and stuff, it's tough to always determine that. But I feel very encouraged the fact that Fields for the most part looks pretty good. Um, I think Dalton, you know. I still think his job is is QB one right now. Again, I think that might change when training camp actually starts. But I feel pretty encouraged about a rookie quarterback right now. I'll tell you what. You said it's gone completely frozen on my end. And AJ, you're muted. Oh no, the ship is sinking. The ship, the ship has been sinking. Yeah, I was muted. and I was definitely talking to myself. And we have Alvaro Martinez. Um, you know, yeah, definitely. Justin Fields QB one to me in my eyes. Oh yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, See yeah. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but uh, we just bought you said back in. Uh, you froze, buddy. So I'll. Uh, let's go back to you here about Justin Fields. Yeah, sorry about the technical difficulties, guys. I've been literally working the phones all day. I was actually at about like odd till two in the morning doing a t-shirt design and then woke up again at 6 a.m. But hey, listen, it's encouraging to see now whether this it's like Sam mentioned a moment ago, the fact that you have Justin Fields doing good today and it was reported compared to Andy Dalton last week. I think we have to understand something. We have to understand that this is one practice and there is limited media availability, but does this have a potential impact on what the opening day starter is going to be or who the opening day starter is going to be? Yes, absolutely. 110%. But also it's seven on sevens. You're going mostly against second, third, four string guys on the defensive side of the ball. And we, want to see i especially want what this fields do against first shrinkers because if you look at a lot of the media members that were there one of the big things was just that there were not a lot of the defensive starter there's i mean someone tweeted out i believe it was the bear report account which i write for them too so go check that out they pretty much talked about how there was not a lot of defensive starters there which is something that I get these are voluntary matt Nagy's used the word voluntary a million times but still man it's just like what it is is this, is that hopefully these defensive guys show up, but I'm really interested in seeing what Fields is going to do against the rest of the, um, against, you know, the actual defense. Yeah. I mean, I think he's just, at the end of the day, we got to put the pads on, you know, like, you know, there's a great quote from Patrick Finley, I think that said, Hey, you know, who else was a great practice quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, like, you should look good in practice. You should look good in these live reps where there's no contact, where there's no pass rush. Like I'm not going to try to take away from the positivity that I've seen from bears OTAs and from Justin Fields, because again, uh, that's is, this is all encouraging stuff. This is what you want to see from your rookie quarterback, but it's what you should expect from your rookie quarterback, right? These reps, these OTAs, these, you know, 
no-pad, seven-on-seven reps, these should be successful for the most part on the offense because there's no pass rush, because there's, you know, the lack of defensive starters. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, like, the defense coming back and getting the pads on soon will be helpful, but I'm encouraged by what I've seen. Again, I definitely agree with you, though, the the lack of defensive starters is a big factor. Like, you know, how many times is Fields going to get picked off by Eddie Jackson in training camp? You know what I mean? Like, versus some guy that's a, that's a rookie playing safety right now. And, and I'm not going to discredit any of these guys out there. You go to OTAs, you work your butt off. You're trying to prove that you deserve to be on this roster. I respect that. But again, I need to see some live reps here and some pats because that's when you really start to figure out, okay, how does this guy react when he gets dinked on a practice rep or he gets three passes picked off because the pass rush gets to him and he throws the ball too late. So that's what I need to see in order for me to feel very, very confident. But right now, vibes are good right now, Chicago. Vibes are definitely good. It's going to be a great summer as well because the Cubs and Sox are shaping up to do great. But Dave's got a comment. If you're watching us right now, man, listen, chime in with your comments. Dave says our QB3 has the same amount of rings as Aaron Rodgers, by the way. That is such a great point, Dave. I'm going to be the first to put my hand up and admit that I didn't even think of that, honestly. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers has the same number of rings as Nick Foles. But you know, there's more rings than Aaron Rogers, Eli Manning does. That's a little fun fact that a lot of people didn't know, which our friends over at Fireside Giants will gladly boast about. I really hope Anthony and Alex are doing well. But anyways, guys, when you look at it, moving on from Fields here and his strong day, but sticking with Fields, you know who's super fired up? Matt Nagy is. And Matt Nagy's clearly fired up specifically because he had a comment today or a quote, which was, rip your heart out is basically what it was. It was something along the lines of like, this kid makes you want to rip your heart out. And Sam, I'll go to you on this one. What does this mean when your head coach is that fired up about a quarterback? Uh, I think it means number one, that his job might be saved. Um, But also in all seriousness, like Matt Nagy had a say in the quarterback selection this year versus when he came in and agreed to be the coach for Mitch Trubisky. And I think overall the atmosphere in the coaching staff right now is this kid can play football. Look, I, I'm not going to try to torch on Mitch Trubisky because at this point he's not a bear anymore. We need to move on from that. But I just think there's more confidence in this coaching staff with Fields. Pre-draft, the Bears had no direction at all. They signed Andy Dalton. They caught Kyle Fuller. And we all thought that this next year was going to be absolutely miserable. And listen, the Bears still might not win a lot of games next year. That schedule is tough. But when you invest into Justin Fields, who you know is a winning quarterback. He's an athlete. He's intelligent. He's got a good arm. He's got all these positive traits. And the most negative things that you can say about him are, oh, well, he went to Ohio State. That is a confident bid for a head coach when you go to OTAs, when you go to training camp and the reporters are asking about him. Matt Nagy has what he believes to be his Patrick Mahomes. You didn't have that in Mitch Trubisky. I'll be honest. Like, I mean, even with the okay rookie year that Mitch had, I don't think anyone ever really thought, oh, Mitch is the best quarterback in this draft class. Now, obviously, that was before Mahomes blew up in 2018. No one knew that he was going to be like that. But I think Nagy's got his Mahomes. I think that's what he thinks here. And that's an exciting thought. If you're a head coach, I mean, think about Brandon Staley, for example. He comes into a, a Chargers team with, with Justin Herbert, rookie of the year, Good, like good player, 
definitely won that Chargers team some games last year. I would be excited about that as a head coach. When you have a guy, a guy, a real true quarterback, that's something exciting to be about. Obviously, Nagy's a smart guy. He knows he has to keep himself level and not get too excited. But comments like that make me think this, this, that Matt Nagy has his guy. He's got his Mahomes. That is something I can agree with. That's really well put, Sam. Awesome job. Yeah, that's what I think, too. I mean, he's got his guy. And it's just like, you know, I mean, uh, I I had my day off today and I was watching the 1920 football drive episode four thing. I'm like, okay, like this, these two, these two, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, like I still I'm running on that theory that they've been extended. So they've they're still here. And obviously, you know, that dap up with Ted Phillips and hugging him and hu- hugging him and all that, you know, obviously uh, that man's not going anywhere anytime soon um, because he's loved um, in that front office. So, I mean, that's that's the message that I got out of that. But anyways, going back to the whole Justin Fields fiasco, I think it's just, you know, you know, our 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 fans, our city, like even myself, like everyone that I talk to, like the coaching staff, just like you guys mentioned, it's just like. This offense that we have is built for Justin Fields. So, I mean, like, sure, you want to pencil in Andy Dalton as the week one starter. That's fine. But, like, you know, there is a case out there for Justin Fields to be like, hey, hang on, hang on a second. Like, it may seem like the position is set in stone for Andy Dalton to start. But, like, let, let me give it a shot. Let, let's see what happens. I mean, you know, uh, there's not there's not a um, an, it, there's not there's not like an issue where you see or a scenario. Sorry, not an issue that like. A quarter. Well, it's he sits like I mean I, I said that wrong. I mean like there's there's always these scenarios about like uh, Dalton can play two games, three games, and then Fields plays the rest, or, or Dalton may not play at all if Fields just like wows everyone in training camp. So I mean like I'm excited. It's just like I'm I'm happy that our coach our our head coach has got their guy. It's just like now I can like be excited for the future because the last two quarterbacks that we were excited about. Where Sid, Mc, Sid McMahon, right? Yeah, Jim McMahon or Sid Jim, Luckman? Jim, Jim, Jim McMahon, Sid, Sid, uh, Sid Luckman, and Jay Cutler. That's like three in like thirty-five years. So you're gonna sit there and tell me that like I can't get excited? Of course I am, man. I don't care if it's like Ohio State or anything like that. I mean, like I don't care about that, dude. Wherever you come from. You have a chance to come into the league and make a difference. You know, why is it just about quarterback for Ohio State? Why isn't it like, oh, center? I mean, Josh Myers, Billy Price, all those guys are doing well. Why is it why is it only about the quarterback position? You know, like before Tua and before Mac were drafted, no one was saying that an Alabama quarterback can be successful. I think both of those two can be successful where they're at right now. So I'm excited. The city's excited. The fans are excited. The coaching staff is excited. End point. The coaching staff is built for Justin Fields. Like I see this excitement from Laser. It's awesome, dude. Yeah, it is. And I see another comment here, but it's funny how the only thing people can say about Fields is that he's a product of Ohio State. Nothing about his talent. I've said this, guys, before, and I'm going to 
say it again before I give my insights on this comment by Matt Aggie. And then 1920 football drive, which we'll get into in just a moment here, and our biggest takeaways from that, because AJ, you reminded me of that. But ultimately, when you look at it, man, it's just like if that's going to be your only argument that he's a, a product of Ohio State, just admit that you don't watch film. Just admit you know nothing about football. Just admit that probably the only thing you do know about football is that a touchdown is worth seven points, which is actually worth six, by the way, not seven points okay anyways when you have a head coach that's that fired up about a quarterback it speaks volumes because it means his fingerprints were all over the justin fields pick and i've mentioned in the past and i'll say it again matt Nagy's had his eye on justin fields for basically two years at this point and the fact that he traded up to get him that speaks volumes too as to Nagy's importance within the organization and the voice that he has with a lot of these Bears draft prospects because Matt Nagy is the reason that the Bears were able to grab someone like Anthony Miller, James Daniels, David Montgomery. I mean, those offensive guys are all Matt Nagy draft picks. Looking at 1920 football drive, I got two main takeaways. Number one, 19. 1820 football drive gave everyone more access than the Bears give the media. That's my first takeaway. And number two, you want to know who's involved in draft decisions now, and it pretty much confirms it. And AJ, you've been saying this for months and months and months, even though Georgie is not going to admit it. Ted Phillips, because if you looked at that war room, Ted Phillips was in the war room with the McCat with the rest of the football guys, which he has no business being there anyway. And I'll say this, this pretty much also confirms that George McCaskey is usually in the war room. And he was at Hallis Hall on draft night. He was just sitting in a separate room with the rest of the coaches. But Sam, what were your takeaways from 1920 football drive? Oh, I, the, the clips of, of the coaches talking with fields and just their comments on it like that, that was fun. And, and, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I liked kind of the the clips of of Nagy and Pace being aggressive in the draft and talking about like how the move for the Giants was already in talks the morning of the draft. I mean, you got to think of when when I watched the draft and the move got made and I'm like, oh my gosh, like the Bears got so lucky here. And it's like, no, they didn't. Pace was three steps ahead. He had had talks with the Broncos, with the Giants, probably with the Panthers. Like. My guy knew that he had an opportunity to trade up this year and he had to capitalize on it because Andy Dalton alone doesn't give you a clear outlook for your team and doesn't save your job. I said this when Andy Dalton was signed that Pace was going to trade up in the draft to save his job because the Russell Wilson sweepstakes was gone. Do you remember that? That felt like a lifetime ago. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really, I think as a Bears fan, there's a lot, there's a lot of really great clips from it. And I just think again, like with kind of the lack of media access, having some clips from this rookie mini camps and seeing some of these guys work, you know, I, I think Fields is starting to build a relationship with Newsom. I think it sucks that he broke his collarbone, but I think that's that's a relationship that I want to see develop more. I think if you're a Bears fan, you haven't watched this yet, you need to go check it out because it's it's worth the watch. And, and I think this the clips with them going aggressive in the draft. That's my GM, man. That's my guy because I know Pace is going to go and he's going to get his guy and he's going to be wrong. Sometimes he was wrong with Mitch, but I think he was right with Fields, and that's a good feeling to have. But just, but just give me, just, just give me that Chief Keef. I think it is laughing to the bank in the background to Ryan Pace. Let me, l- let me get that. Let me get that because, like, this, like, like he may, he, like, let me just say one thing about Ryan Pace, and we can move on to the next su- subject if you guys want. Like, he's made his mistakes. What GM hasn't made mistakes? Like, there has been GMs where, like, for example, Les Snead, like, 
if if I don't have if I don't have crap on my face, he drafted Jared Goff, and then he sell he sold them off to the uh, the the Lions for. I mean, like, dude, like you 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 cannot be perfect as an NFL executive. You're you're only human, just like the rest of us. You know, you just have a eye for the game, experience, and all of that. So I mean, like. You know, the experience that Ryan Pace brings from New Orleans to the Bears as a scouting director and, you know, having something to do to win that Super Bowl. I mean, like, I'm happy that we made the right right hire. I mean, like, you know, like, I don't think, like, Chris Ballard would have had, like, the guts to trade up to two and draft Mitch Trubisky. I don't think that. I don't think that he would have had the guts to trade two first-round picks for Khalil Mack. I don't think that at all. Because what's the only trade that Chris Ballard did? He really just traded for DeForest Buckner and paid him one hundred six million dollars. That's that's it. Like that's that's not Khalil Mack to you. That's Khalil Mack is a NFL generational player. So I mean, like, if you want to give Pace slack about not getting your favorite player, go ahead. But like you know, at the same time, you got to think about one thing: the NFL is a business. Executives make mistakes, and at the same time, executives repent from those mistakes. And our executive Ryan Pace has done that. He has done that, and it's been good to see. And his he's really grown as an evaluator too, which speaks volumes as to the direction of the Bears franchise is going. But I'm still going to criticize Ryan Pace because I'll be honest with you guys. One good offseason getting Justin Fields and Tevin Jenkins is not enough to erase basically five years of mediocrity and then one 12-4 season with two playoff exits. That's just reality. And Pace is obviously, like you mentioned, AJ, he's had his fair shares, uh, his fair share of both hits as well as misses. And one of the things that he's hit on is offensive linemen. Something he's also missed on is offensive linemen. I see Scox here has a Newsom injury or a comment says, yeah, the Newsom injury was said to be eight weeks and ready for for camp my broken collarbone took the same time to completely heal and rehab i hope newsom has a speedy recovery yeah so let me let you guys in on a little something i talked to someone who covers unc the football team for cbs sports and one of the things he told me and this is the same person who covered mitch trubisky by the way but he basically described as newsom to me as being a tough gritty receiver who was always going to get hit but always going to get back up and so for bears fans for those of you guys that are unfamiliar with Daz, you have to understand is you're getting like darnell mooney light here you're getting darnell mooney light in the sense that may not be the biggest but obviously brings speed, may not be the strongest either, but what he's willing to do is get hit and then just completely get back up and keep fighting, which is encouraging to see. But you know who spoke today? Sam's boy, Sam Mustafer, and he's not Sam's boy because they have the same last name. It's literally Sam's club is what it is, all right? So Mustafer spoke today, and he talked about how, hey, look, I've had it on 10 pounds. Our guy Max Smith did a great breakdown on Mustafer, so go check that out on the Fireside Bears YouTube channel. I'm using Sam way too much here, but yo, Sam... Why are you excited that Mustafa's added 10 pounds? What's going on here? So I think, I think again, Max did a really nice job explaining this, but one of the biggest things that kept Mustafa from taking a truly next step towards being a franchise center for the Bears was his size. I mean, listen, under undersized guys find niches in the NFL. They find, they find these little roles, and, and that's good. But again, like there are, there are players that, that – lack the the size or the height and a perfect example is Tariq Cohen Tariq Cohen if he was 5'10 might be the one of the best Bears running backs of all time and he's still going to be a very key piece in this offense the guy's 5'6 that's pretty short for NFL running backs I think David Montgomery is like six foot or something like that 
So that's a big deal. I think putting on weight in general, just for an offensive lineman, you got a lot of frame putting that weight on is big. And, and I, I loved Mustafa's uh, press conference today. I, I took some quotes from it and just him, him talking with that confidence. Uh, a reporter asked him about stepping into a bigger role this year, right? He's going from a practice squad guy to the, uh, what is to be said as the starter for this year. Um, and he just had a great mindset. He's like, no matter what role I'm in on this team, I'm coming in and I'm coming to work. And, you know, that confidence and mindset, there's not a lot of players who truly have that. And that makes me feel confident in his abilities. I have more to say about Musafir, but I'm going to go to you, AJ, here just because I want to hear what you have to say first. But, uh, I th- again, 10 pounds and a lot of muscle, that's a good sign. That's a guy who wants to get better. As a, as a Notre Dame fan, you know, I love Sam Mustafir. I call him Musty. Um, obviously. Um, but like, you know, I mean, like there's a, there's a lot of things surrounding, um, Sam, Sam Mustafer, like, well, not a lot of things like I, as I would describe him, like, you know, he's, he's working with our former center, um, Owen Krutz, um, in both, um, both of his off seasons so far. So, I mean, like, I guess he's got, he's got something right going for him. If he's working with someone like that, then, um, then obviously he's interested in trying to, um, you know, play the position for a really long time. And obviously, that's something that I thought that was pretty cool is that he's getting his second COVID shot next next week. So, um, you know, and he uh, added some muscle as well. So I think Mark Grote said that. So I mean, you know, I'm 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 excited. You know, obviously for both of the guys uh, from Notre Dame, Alex Bars and Sam Mustafer, I think these are two diamonds in the rough that we found. So I mean, you know, now it's just the time to just see if it sticks on the wall. I mean, I, I definitely think that like, Sam Mustafer can take that next step. Um, as our center, I mean, there's a uh, limited playing tape, but we'll just see what happens here in uh, the 2021 season. Um, because I, I really do like the combination of white hair and, uh, uh, what you call it, um, James Daniels, um, at the guard position. So, um, musty at center is awesome. I like that. Well, I think the starting job is at this point, Sam Mustafers to lose. Now, if things go downhill from there, what you're basically going to be looking at is the possibility of shifting Cody White here to center. James Daniels stays at left guard, but then who plays right guard is going to be the major question. At that point, you look at Alex Barger, Larry Barome. But one of the big things that Daniel that Mustafer mentioned, he talked about cohesion and the cohesion's the chemistry. And he was basically like, look, all five. Offensive linemen, when again. they're playing, as, they have to be one and they need to play. All right. So what Mustafer talked about was that all five offensive linemen need to like play as one in order to um, really excel as a positional group. And that stuck out to me because when you look at it, the Bears, they didn't play as the offensive line didn't play as one last year. And then also when you look at the other half of it, it was they've been up and down the last couple of years, man. I mean, the Bears have not had a rock solid offensive line going back to like the twilight days of like oil and Crutes and Roberto Garza and some of those other guys that goes all the way back to lovey Smith. So nearly a decade at this point, but Sam, what are your thoughts on the cohesion, man? What does this unit have to do to chill together or to really gel together? Because to me, you're bringing back four of your guys for the five starters on the offensive line will have been with the team last year. All right. The only really new starter is Tevin Jenkins. And Jenkins, I think, is going to adjust much quicker than a lot of people are anticipating at this point. Here's what I'll say. I think the advantage that this offensive line group has this year is that they're actually practicing together, right? 
Um, Lucifer mentioned this in his press conference that, you know, they have an advantage this year with the group because they're not having these meetings through Zoom. They're actually out there. They're running through at half speed. They're they're working together. And that was a big deal. I mean, if you look at the offensive line group last year, it took the Bears three-fourths of the season to get a consistent group. In. And, and obviously injuries and COVID played into that. But it took the Bears. There was a lot of offensive line shifts last year because I just don't think the Bears had that time to really communicate with stuff. When you bring in four returning offensive linemen and four starters at this point, because you think Sam Mustafir is going to be your starting center, the communication aspect of that is huge, right? Jenkins is going to need a little bit of help as a rookie left tackle. I believe in his abilities, but that's a tough transition. It's one of the hardest spots to play in football. So having some guys that he can rely on in the offensive line the communication aspect of that is going to be huge. That is what this offensive line group needs. And Mustafir harped on that in his press in this press conference today. Like he mentioned like our communication and our learning how to work with each other. That's going to be big in this offseason. And, and that that makes me feel confident when you have a second year guy who was a practice squad player last year, mind you, talk about the idea that like, hey, we need to get our stuff together. Because now we have Justin Fields behind us. We got something working for us here on this offense, but it starts with us. And listen, if this offensive line can find a way to mesh and work well together, David Montgomery's going to have a big year. Justin Fields or Andy Dalton will be solid at quarterback. I still think Fields is going to end up being the starter by the end of the year. But to Mustafir's point, it takes reps, it takes plays, and it takes time, effort, and trust. Bears didn't have that in 2020. There wasn't that that time or that like true trust until the end of the year. And at that point, the season was not necessarily over, but bears fans kind of knew at this point what the team was, even though we made the playoffs last year. Great. We made the playoffs because they added a seven seed like that. That is the reality of it is that we were statistically the team to be the seven seed last year in the playoffs, right? This year, the bears have a little bit more time. They're going to get more reps. They're going to have the effort to work together. The returners are going to be able to help guys like Jenkins, like Borum. You know, I think like guys like Ifedi are going to step up. Hopefully, hopefully, who knows? But you have leaders on this offensive line group. That's my last thing I really want to add to this. It's just there's guys who know the system. They know what they need to do. You just got to do it. You got to get out there. You got to put the pads on. You got to get to work. That's the end of it. Yeah. Um, you said it pretty well, Sam. I mean, like, you know, obviously, you know, what Juan Castillo and what he wants to do with those guys, it's just a bill. It's just the matter of just like putting these guys together and just like trying to develop the type of chemistry that they need to, you know, to play, um, consistent offensive line play, you know, I mean, like we didn't have that last year and like, you know, um, those are one of the most, those are one of the most important, um, plays in all of football is offensive line play. So, I mean, like if, you know, I mean, obviously, yeah, sure. Tevin Jenkins is a rookie, but I think like, you know, like he could be that person that plays like a second year player, but is a rookie. Like, you know, like, he, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I like the more tape that I watched when I was in London, I watched a couple of tape from some tape about um uh, Tevin Jenkins. And it's just like this, this guy, it's just, I, I get like he was in, he, he was uh, a run mauler in college and stuff, but like, I would just like, you know, I mean, like, I don't, I don't think he, like we could compare him to like, well, I think he could be better than Tristan Wirfs' rookie year. That's what I'm trying to say. So, I mean, you know, like I think Tevin Jenkins with Tevin Jenkins and with, like you said, Sam, with four returning offensive linemen, he's going to have that fallback support. Um, 
and you know i think like if everyone stays healthy that's a really good, that's a really important component to this as well as everyone stays healthy and continues to stay healthy i think the bears could try to you know be that contending team at the offensive line position but like you know we got a comment from dave here said says uh castillo said if, uh if eddie would have a pro bowl season um we should be okay i hope with uh with a couple of emojis there i mean like yeah i mean you know i mean i'm not too high on a fetty but like well there's one thing that we're all forgetting here he is a former first round pick and maybe like I, I, as bad as seattle is at drafting with john schneider and all of them um i would just you know just take it as a benefit of a doubt for jermaine fetty and just see what he does you know i mean like he did something right this past season to get a five million dollar deal which is highly incentivized but you know he did something right to get that deal and charles leno did something wrong to get cut so uh, it's just part of the business and you know i'm just really really excited to see how these guys stay healthy under the direction of juan castillo and see how they perform well jermaine ifetti getting the five million dollars let's just be honest with what it is the bears love to overpay for mediocre players and that's again one of my biggest gripes with ryan pace as well as matt Nagy is why are you overpaying for a player that you wanted to start at right guard last year kind of worked out kind of didn't was inconsistent it was visible on tape and then all of a sudden what do you do to counter that you move him out to right tackle where he literally cost you that game against the lions because he allowed the fumble but you went back to tevin jenkins Dude, that is some really high praise right there for Tevin Jenkins, just in the sense that you're com you're saying he could be this year's Tristan Wirfs. And I wholly believe he could be this year's Tristan Wirfs. And I think a lot of teams that do have that need at offensive tackle are legitimately going to regret passing on Tevin Jenkins. But then we also have to keep in mind that with the 2021 draft, I mean, everyone thought Darisol was going to be a first a top 20 pick for sure. And then he ended up all the way slipping all the way to 25. Whereas Rashawn Slater, the guy that a lot of people thought was a solid left tackle, but better suited to play left guard in the NFL. He went like 13th overall. And I believe was the second offensive lineman selected off the board. But dude, when you look at this offensive line right now, Sam, you touched on David Montgomery a moment ago. I legitimately think, because David Montgomery had a comment last week all about the untapped potential that he has, and he's looking to take a big jump in year three. When you look at that, you have to realize that when the offensive line started clicking down the stretch last season, David Montgomery was the biggest beneficiary. And the fact that Montgomery had about 1,500 yards from scrimmage last year behind what was a really mediocre offensive line, if he, if the offensive line is even semi-decent going into 2021, there's no doubt in my mind that Montgomery is going to take a big step forward because he clearly has the potential to be one of the best running backs in the NFL. And for Montgomery, I mean, he's working with a speed trainer this offseason too, which is encouraging to see because he's going to develop into that home run hitter. But Scox has a comment here. Robert Quinn also doesn't deserve the billion-dollar contract from us, but we'll see. Yeah, Quinn was – and I'm not even going to mention – well, we'll get into Robert Quinn in just a moment here, Scox, so we'll answer your comment. But you know who else spoke to the media today, guys, and who else is going to have a big year in 2021? Darnell Mooney. Sam, you've got his jersey – a great TikTok about him as well, which actually blew up. But yo, let's talk Darnell Mooney because there's a little update on the Ramsey Mooney beef. I'll go to you on this one, AJ. Oh man, I mean, I can't wait for this game. 
You know, I, I, I love NFL player beef. I live for it. I slurp it up like it's some sort of like, you know, like some sort of orange juice on my, on my morning breakfast. I mean, like, you know, I love I love this. I mean, it, it just clearly seems like this guy, this hundred million cornerback in, in Jalen Ramsey is just being toyed with with the uh, with the second year wide receiver that was drafted in the fifth round, which I seriously find embarrassing. I mean, like, you know, aside from aside from the things that Alan Robinson does with our fans on Twitter. I think this is a lot more egregious that if you're being paid $25 million a year, you're sitting there literally taking it and just literally taking it to the teeth from Darnell Mooney, a fifth round receiver. And this is a second, second, um, second, second year going into the NFL. So, I mean, like, you know, for me, it's a very, very, very enlightening, enlightening thing to see, but like, you know, you know, when he, when he went up there, it just seemed like, you know, like he doesn't even care about that. He just wants to go out there and just prove people wrong. You know, I mean, you know, he stood up there. It's just like, you know, he laughed. He laughed at it a little bit, but he's more, you know, focused on his growth as a player. And he's more focused on what he can do in year two with Justin Fields and all that. And, you know, I love this comment. You know, I think that was Darnell Mooney that made it like, you know, it makes him smile pre-route when Justin Fields is throwing the ball to him. Like, you know, I thought that was so cool. You know, and then our boy Nico said something I forgot, but um, something about Eddie Jackson. But, um, <laughs> you know, awesome. uh, yeah. Um, but, like, you know, I mean, the sky's the limit for this kid. And, you know, I mean, I, I hope he just goes out here in the second year and just, like, and just toasts Jalen Ramsey in that Sunday night game. I mean, like, I'm from L.A., but, like, I hate the Rams. But, like, just go out there and do your work, man. I mean, do it. Go get your bread. I mean, he's going to get this, get his bread soon, but man, I can't wait for that matchup. Yeah, I think. I mean, listen, Jalen Ramsey is one of the best corners in the league. You can't, you can't deny that, yeah. right? No matter, no matter how much we troll him and, and how funny that was, dude's one of the best in the league to do it. And, and I'll be honest, I think it's going to be a tough matchup for Moody. I, I'm not expecting this guy to go out there and have a 300 yard game against Jalen Ramsey. I just don't. The Rams defense is good and. Ramsey's a good player. He's he talks a lot of smack. He's been exposed before, but he's one of the best corners in the league right now. But I like Mooney's, you know, AJ brought it up perfectly. I liked Mooney's just kind of maturity at the press conference. I liked just his like kind of calm response. You know, he chuckled, acknowledged it, but he didn't make a big fuss about it. Mooney's a down-to-earth guy. Like he just loves the game of football. And, and listen, he's gonna take a big step in this offense. I do truly, truly believe that. I think he's got all the intangibles to be a good wide receiver for this Bears franchise in the long haul. And, and I'll be honest, I kind of see him being the next Calvin Ridley. I mean, I'll be completely honest. That's a gra- I think it's an okay comparison, and especially with you know the fate of Allen Robinson up in the air, I could see Mooney taking a huge step this year. And again, I think a lot of that's going to depend on the cohesion of the offensive line and who's playing quarterback. But Mooney's already proven that he has good route running. He's a smart receiver. He gets back to the ball. His yards after catch are solid. Like these are all good stats to have as a rookie wide receiver. Could you imagine if he had consistent quarterback play last year? He would have been in the top five rookie wide receiver conversation last year. And honestly, he might have been. Obviously, there was guys like Justin Jefferson. He wasn't Justin Jefferson. But I think he was better than some of these other rookies that got drafted. I think he's better than guys like Henry Ruggs. And I'll be honest, I, I, oh, yeah. I truly and generally believe that. But I think consistent quarterback play and offensive line cohesion this year are going to be huge. And listen, the Bears play some tough defenses this year. And if Ramsey locks him down, I'm not going to be shocked. But listen, Mooney's my guy. I think he's going to have a big year. 
I, I just want to add one thing before you said ghost. I mean, I, I, there's going to be a lot of assignments going into that Sunday game, the Sunday night game. You're going to have Demir Bird, who's going to play a little slot. You're going to have Allen Robinson. You're going to have Tariq Cohen. You're going to have, you know, David Montgomery, Cole Komet, Jimmy Graham, if he's on the roster. So, I mean, like, who do you guard? I mean, like, like I mean, like Raul Bennington, who comes on his podcast a lot, how do you stop it? You know, with um, with Robinson, Mooney, Justin Fields, and the RPO with David Montgomery. How do you even stop that? Like, like I mean, like, sure. I mean, like, you know, that's just going into the whole – like team matchup thing, but I just feel like, you know, I mean, I let the game do the talking. I mean, like, you know, like last year, like he did that double step and he just bursted right past him. I mean, I just want him to do that again. Like, you know, but like now that we have a quarterback, he can hit that stride. Oh, baby, dude, 80 yard touchdown, dude. If Justin Fields is the quarterback last year, dude. Oh my God. I won't say, I won't say anything bad about Mr. Biscuit anymore. I wish him the best of luck in Buffalo, man, or wherever, wherever else he goes after this, man. But, ah, so excited. So excited for Darnell Mooney. And the continuity of the offense, Matt Nagy, Justin Fields, and all of that. Oh, and um, um, Skokes on um, Hockage said, watch out for a good one on the deep routes. Ooh, like lightning speed right there. So, yeah. Let me say this, and this goes back to what I said a couple weeks ago when the Bears drafted Justin Fields and we had Raul, and I talked about how he's a player. Justin Fields is a quarterback that can hit any throw on the field, so you should see an uptick in production because when you're able to get these guys like Mooney, the ball in space, they're going to be cooking way more. So the fact that Mooney's smiling, I understand it's only seven on sevens, but Mooney's smiling and he's happy because he's going to see a major uptick in production because had the Bears had consistent quarterback play, Darnell Mooney probably would have had like 70 to 75 reception. I mean, he finished with 61 last year, so he was in the ballpark. But it's going to be exciting to see because when we talk about players who could potentially break out in 2020, like take another big step in 2021. You know what? Darnell Mooney should be a part of that. Now, how big of a step he takes is to be determined. But what we've seen so far, I think that a year after the 2020 NFL draft, the reality is this, is that Darnell Mooney's going a lot higher than the fifth round. Let's just be honest about it. I mean, I would say right now, dude, he, you know, redraft, he would probably go in the second round. But then a couple of years down the road, if he keeps this up, you know he would be he would have been a surefire first round pick. Absolutely, I, I agree. I think I think Mooney and Johnson would have been two guys that probably would have been drafted sooner. I, I think the Bears got steals in both those players. Um, you know, again, I, I think I, I love that Bears fans came together for this Ramsey beef. I, I think it's funny, um, but I, I also am on the side of caution here, like. Ramsey's a hell of a player, man. So I think it's going to be a tough week one assignment if that's who lines up against him. But to AJ's point, like if you're going to if you're going to lock down Darnell Mooney, hey, guess who's going to be open on the other side of the ball? Allen Robinson, and no cornerback two on the Los Angeles Rams is going to lock down Allen Robinson all game. They're not. And if Ramsey decides to switch, you leave Mooney open. Maybe you throw Mooney in the slot. Right. That's the versatility of Darnell Mooney. You can throw him all over the place. The dude's going to produce. He's a hell of a player. And he's going to definitely prove that he should not have been a fifth round pick. I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. I think, uh, before you said, I want to, I want to say something. I think the, the cornerback that's playing alongside of Jalen Ramsey is Darius Williams and Dante Dion, Dion Dante or whatever it is. But like, you know, I, you know, for me, it's like, you know, exactly. If, if you're, if you're too busy, 
to go lock down Darnell Mooney on her side of the field. I don't think the likes of Darius Williams is going to stop uh, Allen Robinson. I mean, so – and then you have Daz Newsom in the slot, which their slot corner – I don't know, that's their slot line. I don't know. But anyways, like, you know, Jalen Ramsey is not going to be going from, to, from Mooney to Allen Robinson all game. He has to pick one person. So I feel like, you know, if he covers someone – Someone else is going to go off. So I feel like, you know, the everything else there is just equal. That's that's all I wanted to say. I think, you know, I mean, I, I just I, like again, I'm going to say it one more time. I, I like this. Um, I like this trash talk, but I really do like um, Mooney's patience and all of this. Like it's really stood tall. I love it. Let's switch gears here. Go to the defensive side of the ball. Guys, the second straight week, I get these workouts these OTAs they're voluntary look no one would show up to work if they didn't have to show up to work that includes all of us ultimately Sam I saw the look on your face there okay when I made the no one would show up to work if you didn't have to show up to work but ultimately look Khalil Mack not there Akeem Hicks not there neither was Trevathan I mean we know Roquan Smith's one of the guys that was there I have no idea where Robert Quinn is Eddie Jackson completely absent Eddie Goldman's been in the team facility he just probably hasn't been out there on the practice field. Bilal Nichols was not there. Look, when you look at the defensive side of the ball, let's start with the cornerbacks, man. Where the hell is the defense? Because Jalen Johnson's going to be your cornerback one. Scope's got a comment in the chat saying, I have this weird feeling Trufant will stay healthy and completely ball out. I'm going to go first for this one, guys. Listen, Trufant balling out is the best-case scenario for the Bears because he is right now one of the oldest defensive backs on the team. If he pans out, the advantage is simply this, and he balls out, the advantage is this, is that you're not going to be relying on Vilder, Shelley, Thomas Graham Jr., a lot of these other younger guys, players like Artie Burns or Tease Tabor, to lock down that cornerback two spot. Yeah, I mean, I think I I wasn't a huge fan of the Trufant signing, and I still really am not, but he's a veteran. He's played for NFC North rival, you know, and injuries aside, has had an okay NFL career. Uh, in terms of the defense not showing up, it, it's it kind of it's one of those things where it is what it is. To you said's point, if you didn't have to go to work, you wouldn't. Um, and, and you know, I'm not overly concerned with the lack of defensive participation for a couple of reasons. Number one, Roquan Smith has been there consistently, and that is a good thing because Roquan's a defensive leader on this team. And him being there shows the commitment for his, that he wants to be on this team. And I think he's going to have a great at 2021 year. I think that I think the time for him to finally get some recognition in this league is going to happen because last year, I think he was robbed of some things. Um, but, you know, I think Tayshawn Gibson made an appearance today, which is good. Um, I, I think it's one of those things where, you know, Guys might just, you know, Nagy has said this before. Nagy's like, I, I trust some of these veteran guys, you know, and, and a lot of this OTAs is just kind of seeing these these undrafted rookies go to work. Like, I'm not super worried about veteran guys not being there because their jobs aren't necessarily on the line. I hope that the participation goes up, but I'm not overly worried about it. It's kind of one of those things where I'm like, it, it concerns me, but not enough that I'm going to panic about it. I'm not going to lose sleep about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's tough, dude, because you have this defense that is getting older. And, Andrew, I'll let you go in a moment here. You have this defense that's continuing to get older. But then at the same time, the big thing with them is the fact that they have also been playing together for – they're going into year four playing together, obviously, with Khalil Mack as the leader. But then you look at it, you have – 
Eddie Goldman's right now is actually the longest tenured member of the defense. And then you have Akeem Hicks, Danny Trevathan. They got here in 2016. Eddie Jackson got here in 2017. Nichols in 2018. Roquan 2018. Khalil Mack 2018. Jalen Johnson got here in 2020. Robert Quinn got here in 2020. Gibson got here in 2020 as well. So ultimately, man, they've been together for whatever the last like three, four seasons. I'd say the average with all the guys I listed off is probably three and a half years is the average, three and a half to four years is the average that this core has played together. So there's a lot of continuity. And then on top of that, Desai has seen, Sean Desai, the defensive coordinator, he's seen the defense built from the ground up. But AJ, where's the defense at? What's going on? And I, at this point on, man, I kind of wish that they were there because the older you get, you do need more time to get into football playing shape because there's a big difference between being in football shape or being healthy and being in football shape. Hey, Jay, you're muted. Yeah, I don't know, guys. I like I, I, can't, I can't wait till I get my mic where I can just like tap on the side of it and just goes unmute, man. I can't wait. Anyways, coming this Friday. But like, you know, unless you're like a beast like Khalil Mack, who li- literally has a home gym in his house and is probably just like, just, I don't know, on his Peloton doing all what he needs to do. I mean, like, you know, I get that in terms of like, you know, Matt Nagy saying that like, oh, I trust my veteran guys. But do we guys, do we remember a certain season in 2019 where he was very, very passive about this and he kept some certain guys, the first teamers out of uh, out of preseason and look what happened. All of that rust. And it really took us a while to you know get into the season and when we started to lose games that's when our true color started to show out that like oh maybe not maybe sitting these guys in preseason was really not the best idea so i mean like the same ideology can be used here but without the game action you know i mean like same thing i mean like to me um if i was an nfl player i mean like you know money is great and all like you know i have the same idea i'm an indian dude i like you know we, we get money and we go to work and if they tell us to stay late, we stay late. You know, there's not really an option in, in the Indian life. That's, that's just what we do, you know? I mean, like, if I was an NFL player, I would show up for this stuff. I mean, like, you know, I would want to stay in shape. I would want to see my boys on a team. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, like, when, like, I don't think it has anything to do with money. I just think it's something that has to do with veteranship. That, like, if you've been in the league for so long and, and like, like, in terms of, like, Eddie Jackson, like, I think he should be there because this is a fifth year in the league. I mean, Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack, guys like Khalil Mack, they don't have to be there. The guys, like, they've earned that respect already at the national stage. I mean, sure, Eddie Jackson has done that, but, like, he should be there right now. Dude, he just got a brand-new contract two years ago that's going to pay him, like, what, 15 or $14 million a year. And if you're not there helping, like, your – helping, like, Jalen Johnson make the transition to a QB2 – no, no, so not, not a QB2, CB2 to CB1. It's it like, you know, how, how does Jalen Johnson feel that like some of the first teamers are not there? You know, I mean, like, I'm not like, you know, I'm not re- re- really panicking. It may sound like I am, but like, you know, these are our leaders. They should be there. It's like, it's work. I mean, like, you know, I work for a shipbuilding company. You know, if I don't show up, I get fired. Right. Same here. Same here in the NFL. But like, they're giving chances. They're like, oh, they're giving fines. They're like, if you don't show up, they won't find you this much, but oh, they'll excuse it on the back end and stuff. But like, I mean, I, I think the NFL should do this. 
I mean, that's just me. I, I think everyone should be there no matter what when OTAs start after the draft. I mean, you know, I get it, but, like, you know, this this comment just puts it perfectly here. Like, I'm not hating on Mac or anything, but I believe Roquan is established in his defense and him being the number one leader. I mean, like, you know, like, to me, I really just want, like, obviously it's good to see these young people take a stance in leadership, right? But what about the guy that we give up two first-round picks for? You know, I understand that he's not supposed to be there for some of this, like, voluntary, but, dude, like, this is your job. You only live, like, what, 15 or 10 minutes away from the stadium? He lives in Gurney. He doesn't live that far. So, I mean, like, come through for some walkthroughs. I mean, I mean, I, I, I understand everyone has something to do with these NFL players. I get it. But, like, like I'm not ta- – I, it may seem like I'm worrying about it, but I guess this is how these sports leagues run. I mean, I don't know. I mean – Bryson's got a quick comment in the chat here. Will we see more zoner man coverage? Hey, listen, I'm going to give you a special shout out, Bryson. Thank you so much for all the support. Also, a little bit of confusion I'm going to clear up because I saw one of your comments on Tuesday night on Twitter. But listen, man, I record. This usually goes live Fireside Bears. We record on Tuesday nights Go and drops live audio version on Wednesdays. I do picks for Pace Dude on Wednesdays and drop that like Friday. Those are my two podcast schedules each week. But anyway, dude, Manor, Manor Zone coverage, I seriously think with some of the personnel that we have on the defensive side of the ball, some of the guys that we have, you are going to see a little bit more zone coverage because right now we don't really have a true cornerback one but then again the size so versatile and smart you can very easily switch between man or zone coverage and then Skokes has a comment here AJ you referenced this a moment ago not hating on Mac or anything I believe Roquan's establishing himself as being the number one leader yeah that's excellent man and and you know Roquan doing that makes a lot of sense because let's be real he's going into year four I thought that last year he absolutely got snubbed everyone's gonna agree Bears fans will agree that that up and non-bears fans know who freaking roquan smith is for whatever reason because again non-bears fans their opinions about the bears are legitimately influenced by anything and everything that the national media says and this is pre-paced by the way but uh or i'm sorry pre-justin fields by the way but it's good to see roquan doing that because you need to have two alphas on the defensive side of the ball i mean the bears are traditionally a defense where when you look at it who have been the two alphas it's been the middle linebacker as well as the dominant pass rusher look at brian Erlacher and lance briggs man Look at the 85 Bears as well. So Roquan taking this next step is great because we need another damn voice in the room besides just Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks. And I'll let me just clarify. Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, they're great. Khalil and Roquan are going to be your football alphas. Akeem Hicks is kind of just your rah-rah guy that everyone rallies behind. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is it's like you, you don't, you don't sign a guy like Khalil Mack. You don't make that move because it's like, oh, we, we really value his leadership. Oh, man, he's he's the best player at his position. Like, Roquan is the middle linebacker for the Bears. He is quite literally the quarterback of the defense. You want that guy to be a leader on your team. Khalil Mack, yeah, he's the guy you should look. I think there's a difference between a verbal leader and a leader like who kind of just lets his game do the talking. Roquan is the guy that is going to bring everyone in the huddle. He's going to rally the troops. He's going to be the anchor. Max, the guy you're going to look to on third down in a key game where you need your top pass rusher in the league to make a stop here. And you hope he does. And, you know, I think 2020 he had some struggles because I think teams schemed to him better. And there was quite a bit of holding calls, but 
I agree with that comment. I mean, I definitely think Roquan is is becoming more of the the anchor of the defense, the guy that that players can go to, and he can kind of like be sort of the the general of the defense. But Max, the guy that's going to make plays, that's what his leadership value is. You know, he's not going to be the guy that you know comes out at practice and be's like, "All right, guys, let's let's have a good day and stuff." That's not who Mac is. It's never been who Khalil Mac is. He's a quiet guy. He's hardly on social media. Like. He is just going to go out there. And he's going to play good football. That's why you signed him to such a big contract because that's what Khalil Mack does. He's a he's a hell of a football player. I love that both are on my team. They make the defense a ton of fun to watch. But I agree with that comment. Roquan's definitely the spoken leader for sure. Like I just want I like I don't know. Like to me, it's just like this is the job. Just go show up. Like I get it's voluntary. I, I understand, like, you know, players that make hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in, like, 12, 20, whatever you want to say it, right? You know, I'm, I'm certainly not in that position to judge. But, you know, I just think that, like, you know, just, sh- just go go see your boys, you know? Like, you know, obviously, you haven't seen each other, you know? I mean, like, you know, there's good vibes in the building. Go 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 meet up with, like, Fields. Go have some lunch. Go to, I don't know. Go to Chipotle with Justin Fields where everyone's just standing there with their mouth open like, oh, my fucking God. J- Justin Fields and Khalil Mack are in Chipotle. Where's the phone? Honey, honey, where's the phone? I got to go get this picture. I don't care. I don't care about this pandemic. Give me my phone. Um, but whatever. Um, you know, I mean, I'm sorry about my language there, um, ESM and all that. Um, but, yeah, that's what I think. We got a question here. You said go ahead. Is it true that the Hicks trades are heating up again? Listen, man, Jeremy Fowler talked about it. I personally do not think, and I'll go to Sam second here. I personally don't think Akeem Hicks is getting traded because what are you going to trade for him at this point? You know, teams want to hold on to those 2022 draft picks, right? So if you get like a third or a fifth, that's great. But what's a realistic return for Akeem Hicks? I'm not so sure myself. I don't think he gets traded just simply because if the Bears were going to get rid of him or trade him, move on from him, they would have already done so, man. I mean, it's hard to see him going into the into the month of June here where things are relatively slow, and then all of a sudden a trade coming up nowhere out of July. Now, it's certainly possible that they get an offer that kind of entices them, but I just don't see it happening. I mean, he's still a big part of this defense moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, an injury could happen and an opportunity presents itself to the bears. You know, obviously you save a lot of money if you trade Hicks. you know, there's definitely teams that could utilize him. I think of the Titans, I think of the bills, you know, teams that are in are positioning themselves to win in the next few years. I don't think because of his contract and because of his age and because of where we are, it's going to happen. I agree with you there. You said, uh, you know, I definitely think the bears are in a spot where, if they can find a way to trade a guy for a pick this year, it's great because, again, you you don't have a first-round or a fourth-round pick going into 2021, um, the 2022 draft. But I, I think Hicks, the, the rumors, the smoke, unless this is like a – I don't even want to call anyone out particularly. Unless this is like a, a, a rumor article from somewhere or whatever, I wouldn't believe anything unless it comes from a reliable source in Chicago – I don't think Hicks is going to get traded. He's a leader on this team. He's been a big part of this team the past couple of years. Yes, he's starting to play a little bit slower, and that's just because of his age. That's why you draft a guy like Tonga for insurance. Mm-hmm. You know, again, if the Bears can get something for him and, and it makes sense and the team feels like it's a good option, then then all for that. It's a business. I understand that. I respect it. I love Akeem, but I understand the need to to build for the future. 
I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think there's anything on the table. I think this is all just smoke. People are getting bored. Bears writers are getting bored. You know, don't listen to what a Bears writer's writing a rumor article about Akeem Hicks just because they have 11,000 followers. That's all I'm going to say to that. You know, I think there definitely is, if an offer comes, sure, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't. I'm just going to say no. Next question. There's just not enough uh, value there. Like, no team is in their right mind is going to give a day two pick up for him. Like, no, yeah, absolutely. A- absolutely. I mean, got more comments here in the chat, guys. And we're going to go through these as we kind of close the podcast off just for some bonus Bears talk. But even with all the the team's position concerns. I still believe the biggest problem with the Bears is Matt Nagy. I'm going to take the baton on this one. Listen, I've said this consistently. Good coaching makes average players look great, okay? Great coaching makes great players look great. Bad coaches figure out a way to ruin good players and very talented players. And that's kind of the boat that Matt Nagy's in. Now, he's out of excuses. He's got his quarterback. They spent three off-seasons overhauling the offensive line. They've spent three off-seasons overhauling the offense, and you're going into year four, and you've had, what, three starting quarterbacks in Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, as well as Chase Daniels. You're going on to Fields and Dalton now, so you're going to have five starting quarterbacks in four seasons, man. I mean, that's bad, but also you have to understand is that Matt Nagy, like I mentioned, he's out of excuses simply because you can't be go- you can't be an offensive guru because he was the first head coach hired in 2018. You can't be the offensive guru and all of a sudden end up going into year four and not having a single vision on offense. Go ahead, AJ. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I don't really hope by the whole guru thing. I may have bought that whole stuff in 2018 where I thought that, like, oh, hey, maybe this guy is a QB whisperer, but... You know, in 2019, it really started to show that, like, you know, uh, Matt Nagy's playbook wasn't working for Mitch Trubisky. That's a story for another day. But, like, you know, obviously, you know, just like you said, said, like, you know, average coaching does bring out the averageness out of players and good coaching brings out the goodness out of average players. So, I mean, we we really saw that in 2018 out of Mitch. I mean, like, I just want people to understand that, like, that's what we saw. That, like, you know, that inaugural year under Matt Nagy, we saw, like, a new offense and, like, a new, I guess, identity, but wasn't, like, maintained, like, in 2019 and 2020. But it was just like, oh, hey, it's new. Let's see how it works. And it worked, right? But then what happened in 2019? Everyone started making adjustments to Matt Nagy's, like, offensive playbook. And what happened? He got left in the rear mirror. He didn't make any adjustments, and our offense suffered, you know? Again, 2020, you know, we go into the 2020 season with Mitch. And, you know, what happens is we, he had to dumb down the playbook. That's the whole rumor to be like that. But, like, you know, in order to be a guru, you said you said it perfectly. Be a good coach. And I'll say it again. Be a good coach to coach these, I guess, like some. we have some underdeveloping players, some developing players, and make them good players. You know, like, for example, Andy Reid is a great coach. But he brings out the best out of underdeveloping players. Like, for example, Byron Pringle. I don't even know who the hell Byron Pringle was until he he uh, returned that kick, you know? So, I mean, you know, you just have to be able to recognize a situation as a head coach, know that you're out of excuses because you have the talent, you have the weapons, you have the running backs. I guess everyone's going to come back healthy this season. So, I mean, like, you're out of, like, excuses at this point. So, I mean, 
either become the QB guru that you could become under learning and uh, sorry, let me rephrase that. Either become the QB guru that you know that you become that you can become under learning under Andy Reid, or just do the same thing that you did the last two years to get fired at this point. Because like I, I just wouldn't put him at the QB guru level yet. I just wouldn't. All I'm gonna say is prove it this year. Yeah. You got your guy, you got Hopefully a better offense coming in. You have that, you know, again, I mentioned it earlier. You hope your offensive line is, has some cohesion. You brought in some upgrades at wide receiver. You brought in some upgrades at running back. You know, you're hoping fields can take this step. Prove it. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to add. All right. So any chance Allen Robinson holds out this season? I think he's going to end up showing up. Sam, I see you shaking your head. What do you nope. think? Nope. Next question. Nope. Yeah, no nope. shot. He is one of the highest paid uh, wide receivers right now this year. The wide receiver market is awful. He is getting paid way too much money for one year because of that tag. He's going to show up. He's going to make money. When he does next year, we'll find out. He's playing. Move on. Next question. Yeah. All right. So I'm happy we won't be another comment, guys. We're just going through comments in the chat here because these are some great topics. Thank you so much for your questions. Mm -hmm. I'm happy we won't well, be seeing a Patterson run on third and long anymore. Listen, that's true. But then also the Bears added a number of wide receivers this offseason, like Bird and Goodwin, players that do bring speed to the table. So I would not be surprised to see one of those guys some way, somehow end up getting those like third and long runs. But I will say the Patterson pass, the, the Patterson experiment in general completely failed. And if Matt Nagy's smart, what he'll do this time is use a three-headed committee of Montgomery Cohen as well as Damien Williams and possibly even Khalil Herbert as the primary running backs instead of putting a wide receiver back there and playing a guy out of place because I get football is becoming more versatile and more positionless of a game but you still got to know the limits of every single player as a good head coach I'm sure we're going to see a good one sweep this year that's going to make me so mad week one <laughs> We're going to get a good one sweep on a third and one that's going to go back for yards, and I'm literally just going to stand up and be like, fuck, like I'm going to get so mad. I'm sure it's going to happen, but I agree with that. It's definitely becoming a positionless uh, you know, league, but Bears got options at running back. Let's just let's use the guys we have. Let's stop trying to be fancy here, Nagy. Just run a goddamn offense. <laughs> Honestly, you know, what I, you know what I see? I really do see that Tariko and Trickery coming back. Like Justin Fields is going to take the snap. He's going to roll right, and then – um, Tariq is going to keep on going left. He's going to flip it to him, and then Tariq is going to like they're they're going to do that that same play that we did that we played against the Saints, and it's actually going to be a, a successful play. Watch, mark my words. That like Fields is going to flip it to Cohen, and Cohen's going to throw it like forty yards for a touchdown. Watch, it's going to happen again. Like you know, like the, like the cuteness won't go away for Matt Nagy. So like. I, I there was only like a couple of runs that were really good by Patterson. I remember that one run for 50 yards against the Denver Broncos. That's basically it, and then two returns in his uh, Chicago career. I mean, like, hey, I, I I get the guy is a great returner. It's just like he was just the experiment was just garbage. Like, I just I just cannot stress that enough. He had the big run against the Cowboys in 2019, yeah. one of the final, mm -hmm. the second to last home game of this season. Mm -hmm. But guys, let's get back to the draft here. If it's just Trey Lance and Zach Wilson on the board, who do you think the Bears take in our opinions? Go ahead, AJ, because I'm going to give you guys an interesting answer for this one. And it's not going to be Mac Jones, by the way. 
For me, I think it would have to be Trey Lance. Uh, me and my buddy Lucas Barry uh, been on this for a really long time. I mean, like, if there's anyone that could fit Matt Nagy's offense better, I mean, like, no shit on Zach Wilson at all. I think he needs a little bit more time. But like, you know, for me, Trey Lance gives you that gives you that pop that comes out of a um, like comes out of an NFL player's arm. I like, uh, I, I get uh, Zach Wilson has all the accuracy and stuff, but like you know, I just think that with the RPO and the spread offense, I think um, I think Trey Lance can um, can run that a lot better than Zach Wilson could at, at the next level. I'm I'm on the opposite opinion. I think you take Wilson here. Okay. I like Trey Lance, but I think Wilson's more of the proven prospect here. And listen, what he did at BYU last year, I know he had some games against some bad teams, but that dude. So did Josh dude, Allen. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't discredit the small school thing too much. I have Justin Fields over him. If we're doing quarterback rankings, I think Justin Fields is QB too. But I would take Wilson here if he's there. I think Wilson's the more proven prospect. I think Lance has a lot of potential, but I think there's a lot of what ifs with Lance. I think the one game he played last year wasn't great. And well, I'm not saying Zach Wilson was perfect either, but I, I take Wilson here if he's available. That's my thought. You see, I'm skeptical on both of these guys. The reason being is because Zach Wilson, in two, at the end of the 2019 season, by the way, he was very mediocre in 2019 at BYU. 2020, he really burst onto the scene, which is obviously awesome to see. But then again, you could argue that he is a one-year wonder. And I know people are going to be like, well, what about Joe Burrow? He was a one-year wonder. Listen, man, no one need- – Joe Burrow was a one-year wonder, but he accomplished way more than Zach Wilson ever did. That was the difference. And one-year wonders never really do well in the NFL. There's exceptions to every single rule. Burrow's the exception to the one-year wonder rule because Burrow started off at Ohio State. Man, Trey Lance has played just one game. But if I had to pick between both of these guys – I mean, it's tough, right? But I'm going to go Zach Wilson. I just have a feeling Wilson's play style, his ability to continuously create off-script plays, something that we've seen guys like Patrick Mahomes do in this type of offense. We know that Matt Nagy values that so much more. I mean, Fields a lot of times has also created a lot of off-script plays at Ohio State. So I would lean towards Zach Wilson here. Now, I will say this before we wrap the podcast up, dude. If Lance does not pan out, that is going to be worse than the Bears taking Mitch Trubisky because Let's they gave up scary part. They gave up three first round. Well, they really gave up two first round picks, and then they swapped the third first round pick to move all the way up to three to take Trey Lance. But ultimately, if a player like Fields pans out, because again, Fields is a surefire thing, but he's not a surefire, a fully surefire thing yet. Specifically, because we've got to see him do it on the field, and we're talking about the Bears franchise here. That's the reality of the situation, dude. So, like, if Lance busts and he busts big time, pause. By the way, as awkward as that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be in a situation, right? Where Lynch and Shanahan are going to get fired. And oh, then, you're going to be in a situation. All right. <laughs> yeah. Right. A, situa- and, a sticky situation. That is a really, right, really and, sticky situation. And, and the reality of the situation is just going to be that you would not be able to even t- like if Lance, ends up failing, then I do not want to hear any of y'all 49ers fans say, well, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan some way, somehow fleece Ryan Pace in the 2017 draft. Because you also passed on Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. What's up, AJ? I just wanted to wrap it up with this con um with this comment from It's Bryson. I mean dude, you're awesome. Thanks for um thanks for um uh, communicating with us in this podcast, man. You got an hour awesome. and eleven minutes, man. You're awesome. But like you know the only reason why I said Lance is because like his 
his traits appeal to me. Not saying that uh, Zach Wilson's traits don't appeal to me. I did at one point, if you if you look at the receipts, I did say Zach Wilson bears quarterback. Like, you know, I mean, like, you know, I said that for every quarterback, except for uh, Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, he was the de facto number one. But, like, you know, I mean, like, not not crapping on Zach Wilson at all. I think I think both of these guys are going to have a good career. I, that's just what I think. I mean, like, you know, granted the Jets and the organization at the top, you know, if they can make the right moves, they could they could have a franchise quarterback for uh, crap. Even the Jags, too. If they wake up, both of these teams, they have franchise quarterbacks in their backyard. They just have to develop them and just see what they can do. True. Well said. Listen, guys, that's going to do it from us this week. Um, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Usaid Koshal. Follow AJ on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AJ Decipher. Sam's on there too, man. Follow him on social media at SJSteve9. Follow Fireside Bears, guys, on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok at Fireside Bears. Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever you may be listening to this. We hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and the next time you're going to hear from us is probably going to be on Tuesday. We've got a great guest probably coming on this coming Monday, so it's a local TV anchor for Chicago. I'll drop that hint for you. Keep an eye out for that, but we're going to get out of this thing, guys. Have a great rest of your week, and remember, bear down and always support Justin Skyler Fields, who's an American football quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Bear down, baby. I still can't believe we got him in bear down, guys. We'll see you next week.